and welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Coach podcast. Joined by Ash, Sam is still off taking care of nappies and nap time and <laughs> and new baby stuff for a couple of weeks. But I think we've got a pretty good, uh, I'm not going to say replacement, but uh, substitute <laughs> off the bench into the hot seat is the one and only Miss Christina Anderson. How are you guys? Good. I'm I'm honoured to uh, to take the place of Sam for a day. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 tell him that as well. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, um. So, thought it was a great chance to have you on, Christina. I know that we've talked to you a couple of times on the Fit Affiliate podcast, and you've been on a couple of other podcasts about your particular coaching journey. And congratulations! Recently, got your level four, which is a huge achievement, particularly in the time frame that you've done it in, in your lifespan of coaching, which is, you know, less than three years, which is mm-hmm. impressive Incredible. to say the least. But uh-huh. I think it's also reflective of your commitment to ongoing development and learning. There's, you know, there's a lot of coaches in the space who've coached for 10 years and all they've done is done their level one three times right. or at most on their level two. So, you know, you've, you've clearly stepped into coaching from day dot and wanted to make it a professional career, which is kind of the angle we want to talk about today, which is something a little different, is like one of the mandates, uh, one of the mindset mandates we have in the course is partnering. And I think that that's something you've done really well in seeking out mentors and and people that, you know, can help you and you can learn and grow from. So a few things to touch on there. Um, but I guess we'll kick off with, you know, just a little bit of insight from you about, you know, you started, we, we know that you started CrossFit, you know, a long time ago and then dropped out of it, bad experiences, got back and decided to do your level one. What from the moment of doing that, I guess, is where we'll pick up your story is you decided, well, I'm, I'm compelled to be a coach and I want to make it my full-time uh, gym. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, for me, like com- coming back from that, Uh, negative experience the first thing that I did was take my level one well after getting back into the gym right so like I had gotten back to the gym I I was you know had my feet on the ground and so I kind of felt like taking my level one was going to be the last piece of that healing journey from you know coming back from just having not a great experience and so um you know because I hadn't really shaken it I still was kind of struggling and so I was like, no, I, I think I need to take my level one. And I just remember, like, it just lined up so, it was just poetic. Like, it, I looked up level ones, and there just so happened to be one in the neighboring city that was less than an hour drive. And it was less than two weeks away. Or it was exactly two weeks away. And I remember there was, like, a little, like, disclaimer that was like, hey, like, sign up today or there's going to be a, you know, late sign up fee of $250. So I was like, well, I have to sign up because I don't want to pay another $250. And so it was just kind of right. Exactly. So I signed up. Um, So, uh, you know, it just seemed like perfect timing. I went for it. Um, But I like, you know, I'm this kind of person. Like I was the one who like got the manual, printed it out, I read it twice in that two weeks leading up to the level one. Like I, and you know, it, it really, it did stem from 
my insecurity, right? Like I, I truly believe that I didn't belong in that room. I felt that like as a woman in a larger body at the time I weighed, uh, you know, a little over 300 pounds. I was like just starting my weight loss journey and I, you know, just, I didn't feel like I belong there. So I figured if I read this manual twice, then I'm going to belong there. And so, you know, I was just like very overprepared and I walked in and, you know, those same feelings kind of came over me of like, okay, everybody else here is ridiculously fit. Nobody looks like me. I don't belong here. And then, you know, I went up and I sat in the front row because, again, I was trying to prove that I, you know, belong there and that I deserve to be there. And then I remember that Austin Maliola walked up and he said, welcome to your CrossFit level one. I'm Austin Maliolo. And I of course recognized him and I knew that he was a, you know, was a CrossFit games athlete. And I, my heart sank. I, I was like, I don't, I can't be here. Like I don't deserve to be here in this room with him and like all, all these people. And like, but I couldn't move, you know, there was gonna, there was no option for me to leave. So I stayed and I'm, very glad that I did uh, because the way specifically the way that he treated me, it was life changing. And I decided at that level one seminar that I was going to wear a red shirt someday because of how wonderful that he was to me. And he showed me that just because somebody is incredibly fit doesn't mean that, you know, that I'm not worthy to, you know, learn from them or be in the same room as them. Like he just, he showed me that he didn't care what I look like. And I was like, I, I need to like coach more people so that I can show people that like, it's okay to try CrossFit and, and it's okay to struggle and it's okay uh, to be scared. And, and, you know, I just, mm. I knew I needed to do that with my life. And, you know, it's amazing. You've kind of had two really important instances, which, had you chosen the path to just go like your, your bad experience at your first time CrossFit and then, you know, choosing to, to stay at your level one, had you just even at that first uh, iteration of CrossFit and just decided it's this is not for me and never come back, but then you still made the decision to, to come back and try again and then to go all in and, and get your level one, but also then to, keep your seat at the table, stay at the level one where you could have just gone home really sick and gone home, which, yeah. you know, you know, anyone, a lot of people, you know, may have, have chosen, but you chose to do the, the more difficult path. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? And I think that that's yeah. a, that's a credit and, and probably what stood you in good stead for having some determination in, your journey because we know and you know i'm sure ash will attest it's not a straight a linear progress once you start you know well i've got this this shiny new level one it's like and life just laid out for me in, in golden papers now and correct me if i'm wrong prior to your level one you'd had zero coaching experience in an correct yeah yep. zero awesome <laughs> so what did you do once you got your level one what was your mindset like leaving that uh, I have to do this. <laughs> it was just like, I was prior to that, you know, I think the, the kind of seven years that I spent, uh, away from CrossFit, um, I spent in a really, truly dark place in my life. And I think 
when I took my level one, I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is the reason for all of it. This is what I'm supposed to do. I, I have a purpose. I just knew, I just knew in my core that this was the thing that I'd been searching for. Cause I'd been looking for such a long time for some, you know, like having identity crisis and, you know, it just, I knew that I found the thing. And so I knew that I had to go after it head first, like no looking back. And, you know, I just, I just knew, like, I just knew in my heart, it's, it's hard to explain how I just knew. (laughs) Well, I think we all kind of can relate to that feeling of like, sometimes you just know, and you can't really explain it. And that's what makes you, that's kind of what gives you the, the, the ability to take that leap of faith, right? That's why it's called a leap of faith. Um, but you had talked about how Austin really like drew you in. So did you utilize Austin then after your level one to help you move forward? Yeah, so um, right after my level one was when the world kind of shut down <laughs> for COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being like, okay, well, you know, it's very... <laughs> it's very on brand for me to like, not want to bother people, especially somebody like him who is important and fit and more important than me. (laughs) And so I, but like nobody was doing anything. Right. So it was like very, I remember being like, well, whatever, I'm just going to email him because we're all just stuck at home. And so um, when I emailed him, I basically, you know, at first I expressed immense gratitude for just like how amazing the seminar was. But I said, you know, I know that this is what I want to do. And I said, I don't think I can do it here. You know, I think there were a lot of reasons for that. Um, You know, obviously, I still had, you know, within the CrossFit community where I'm from was still, you know, the remnants of the bad experience that I had. And it just like, it just felt like I couldn't truly blossom in that area. Mm. And so I told him, like, like, I was like, I... Yeah. Um, so I told him I would go wherever I needed to go to make this happen. And all he said to me was, if you were in the Boston area, I would do whatever I can to help you. And that was it. And so quite literally, like a week later, my house was up for sale. <laughs> I was like getting ready to just like see what happens. And like, again, it was just like so poetic, like one thing after the other it you know we put the house up for sale we got an offer like well above asking price that made like a very significant amount of profit from what we paid for it and it just all aligned it just like Hmm. was like okay well i guess we're going and then i found an apartment and then i found you know it just like everything just worked easily Hmm. like it just it just felt right and, and so, where were you, where, how long, how far was your move? So I'm from Buffalo, New York, um, mm. and I moved to uh, near Boston. So it's like, I mean, it's a good 400, 500 miles, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Across, a, across a couple states. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Um, and I was just reflecting on, you know, the numerous, um, you know, L1, L2 se- and numerous specialty seminars I've been on and, you know, there's always a point in there where the um, the the seminar lead, the flow master, will put their email on the board and say, "Hey, if I can do anything for you, yeah. you know, if you have questions, reach out to me. Here's my email." You know, and yeah. 
I would hazard a guess that the amount they actually get emailed would be very small. And, you know, they've freely put themselves out there as a resource. Like if you have questions, if there's something I can do for you, here's how you reach out for me. And not just the generic seminars, but their actual email. And I think, and to have someone reach out with, you know, a genuine desire rather than just, hey, can you give me the answer to this or how do I, you know. How do I do this? Yeah, Yeah, how do I do? (laughs) Wanting, Wanting to know the way forward. But, you know, you've reached out and said, you know, I really am compelled to do this. I want to do this. Like, how do I, you know. And you've you've used that resource, which is you know something like we talk about having um, on the Fit Affiliate podcast and on this, you will have heard us talk a, a million times over about having a why and having a strong why. And, you know, we you discovered that through like I just have to help people understand that you know that this is a powerful tool and I and I need to coach them, give them the same experience. And then you know you've taken the next powerful step is asking for help. And yeah. also identifying and using a resource which is freely offered and then creating an opportunity and seizing the opportunity. We talked to um, Pat Barber a few weeks ago and, you know, he just created opportunity after opportunity and was prepared to say yes to things. So when Austin's like, oh, well, you know, if you're in Boston, I'd, I'd do whatever I can to help you, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to Boston. It's like you created your own opportunity out of that. Yeah. And so when you, you know, you got to Boston, um, did you, what sort of the path then is, were you then reluctant to reach out again and go, hey, it's your email buddy? Or did you, you know, what was kind of the way that you thought about, well, how do I go forward now? I'm in this city. Like, what do I do? Yeah. um, I actually, so I definitely reached out to him again just to tell him like, hey, I'm here. I mean, and believe we shared a couple emails in the process. I didn't just show up in Boston. Um, <laughs> although it kind of, I kind of did, but I, we did communicate a little bit here and there. Um, but I very adamantly, like, I didn't want to reach out and be like, okay, I'm here now. What? Uh, I really <laughs> just like wanted to make sure that I was doing it on my own. Um, and maybe that was like a, like a pride thing or like, again, I absolutely hate, the thought of being any type of burden. So that's definitely a thing that I struggle with is asking for help. But I figured, hey, I'm here. I'm just going to show up at his gym. And at the time, he was a co-owner of CrossFit One Nation. So I showed up there and I was like, hi, I want to be a coach. And actually, the first time I showed up there, I was I was not turned away, but they were very apprehensive because um, it, because it was COVID and, uh, they were mm. apprehensive about, you know, kind of taking on an intern at that time. But I knew in my heart, I was like, I need to go find James Hobart. So James Hobart also, also on the gym with Austin, uh, who I knew of. And, uh, the gentleman that I met, uh, I had, I had never heard of him before. Um, but he was, you know, the apprehensive one, but I knew that if I went to the Boston location and found James Hobart, that it would be okay. I don't know why. I just knew it. And so I drove into the city. I drove into Boston and I went to One Nation Boston, which now is known as CrossFit Boston. And so I walk in and 
I took a deep breath. I, I remember this so vividly. And I'm actually super excited because I haven't shared this story in a long time. But oh, I, took, I, I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, you can do this. And I get out of the car and James Holbart runs out of the gym having just finished a workout and just like collapses on the ground. Like, like <laughs> post-workout, like, like literally like, <gasps> like, like dying on the floor, classic CrossFit, like. <laughs> elite athlete like and I don't know what came over me but I didn't even give him a second I walked right up to him and I said hi I'm Christina Anderson and I'm so excited to meet you and he just kind of got up and he was like hi Christina Anderson (laughs) Um, but like he was so nice and so I just like um I I was like, I'm sorry, like, please just, you know, take a couple breaths, like, sorry that I just did that. I don't know what came over me, but I explained my, I explained myself and I just said, like, listen, I, like, I just moved here and, like, I'm here because I'm under the impression that this is one of the best gyms in the area and I want to be a coach and, like, I just really want to make it happen and I, and I was hoping you can help me. And he was like, yes, I can help you, like, absolutely. And so he introduced me to a gentleman, uh, Lachlan. So I met Lachlan. Yes. And so who also is from Australia, by the way, must be a nice person then. I don't know if you know him, but yes. Um, and so (laughs) Australia is pretty big. We don't all just know each other. Just like, (laughs) (laughs) that was really, that was funny. Um, so anyway, um, I'm just trying to hold my phone closer to the internet. So sorry for the weird <laughs> angle. Um, yeah. but anyway, um, so I met Lachlan and he is the uh, guy who was going to run the internships. And he was like, hell yeah, let's go. And so he started me on my internship. Um, but before my internship started, there just so happened to be a level two happening that weekend. And I signed up and I did that. So Damn, yeah. girl. Wow. Most people so all... are not jumping into an L2 until, you know, they've had, you know, a good six to 12, 18 months of coaching under their belt. So that's, you may as well get it, learn without having any bad habits, which is great. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think, well, I mean, at the time my mentality was, again, it, it was COVID and it was like, it was proving to be difficult for me to get an opportunity at a gym. So before I met Lachlan, I was like, well, there's a level two happening. Like, at least that's something that I can do to, to get better. Um, you know, and like, and in the meantime, like I had, you know, another thing that Austin told me to do was to learn the nine foundational movements and their points of performance. And so like, I had been studying on my own. I just hadn't physically been in front of a class coaching people yet. And so I was like, Oh, I could take the level two. I mean, (laughs) why not? Um, and so, yeah. And so then that, so I took the level two and then immediately that following like the Monday, right after my level two weekend, I started my internship with Lachlan. Hmm. How did and- you feel leaving the level two about hmm. coaching since you had never actually been in front of people and like coaching people, that was kind of your first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how um, did that, like, how did you feel while doing that? And like afterwards and everything? I definitely had like initially had that those same kind of emotions like I had before the level one where I was like, oh, God, like I don't belong here. And then um, Denise Thomas was the flow master for that one. And 
and oh, she, cool. you know, I remember she was like, "Hey, like yeah, all the big names, man." I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> she slides them into lucky. the conversation. I'm very, I'm very lucky. Um, she just said, you know, hey, like, uh, you know, how long has everyone been coaching? And she's like going around the room, and people are like, "I've been an affiliate owner for ten years," and I'm like, "Oh my god, like, what am I doing here?" <laughs> and so, uh. But then it started and I just remember telling myself like, okay, like you clearly don't know anything. So you're here to learn. And so I just shut my mouth and I listened to what, you know, we was told of us. And I remember at one point, like I was coaching and I remember that Denise was like, what do you see happening in, you know, in his back or something like that? Maybe she was having me look at uh, midline stabilization or something. And I just remember being like, I don't know. <laughs> like I just openly said, like, I don't. I don't know. Um, and, and she was so encouraging. Like, she just was like, this is great. Like, okay, great. I love your honesty. Here's what we're looking at X, Y, Z. And then at the end of the weekend, she came to talk to me and was like, do you know that like, you're incredible? Like you're just, because I took, uh, I took what she said to do and I did it. Yeah. Whereas I didn't have, like Lisa said prior, you know, I didn't have any bad, bad, uh, habits. I didn't have any preconceived notions of what coaching looks like. I just literally did what she said to do and Mm. I didn't know anything else. So, so in a sense, I'm actually grateful that I took it so quickly because it just, I didn't have any other. One of the things with the level two people talk about is, oh, you're going to leave your ego at the door. You're going to, you'll go in thinking you're this, you know, shit hot coach and you come out feeling like god i've never coached a class like you kind of miss that uncomfortable like it was clearly it was very uncomfortable for you going in there but you miss that whole having to relearn things and and unlearn things yeah so you know that it was you know probably a great foundation so you know you had or have or are on an incredible journey um what has been, do you think, the the power of the relationships that you cultivated? So you haven't, it does, maybe I'm wrong, but it hasn't struck me that you've just said to these, considered these people that you've worked with who are, you know, at the pointy tip of the spear when it comes to coaching, like, um, what can you do for me? Yeah. Um, no. you, you've kind of embraced it as how can I learn from you? So yeah. Just talk a little bit about your mindset around that approach versus, you know, you know, what can, what can you do for me and attaching to personalities to leverage off them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard because I, so I feel like I feel like my initial answer to that question is that. It, it actually is kind of a flaw of mine, like a personality flaw of that. Like, I don't ever want to ask too much of anyone. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not like I'm, I'm gonna try to figure out something by myself as like, as painful as it might be, because mm-hmm. I don't want to burden you with any of my needs. So that's not necessarily like a good way, I think, to approach. But I also think too, that like, I was so determined to make this into a career where I could actually support my girls and I could actually like buy a house someday or like, you know, like have a future with 
maybe retirement, you know, like I just like, I I was so adamant that it was going to happen. It's kind of like a stubbornness within me where I'm like, okay, I've set out to do this and like, I'm going to do it. And so that's what kind of powers me to reach out when I can, you know, like when I do get that contact from somebody, um, you know, Hey, I I am going to shoot you an email and be like, Hey, thanks for that. What do you think of this? Um, But I think that as soon as you like, as a person, as a human being, as soon as you believe that somebody owes you something, like you're not going to grow anymore. Like, I just think Mm. it's just like, not, I can't necessarily explain to you why that's my mindset or how that's my mindset. I I just believe that. Like, I truly believe Mm. that if you are out here thinking that the world owes you something, like, I'm sorry, it just, that's not, you're not going to get very far. And so it just, you know, you have to, you have to go out and get things like Mm. even, even now that I am, you know, receiving a lot of opportunities and like passing the level four has opened a lot of doors for me, but I still have to walk through them. Like I still have to do the work and get there and do it. Like nobody is like, here, this is this thing for you. And you have it because you're special and you worked hard. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not how it works. And so Mm. it just, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just like a, a harsh truth, but it just, it's just, no, but it's, it's true. And you know, a lot of people will tend to go into things going, well, if I do this, then I expect X out of it. Whereas you didn't do your level four expecting anything out of that. And I I know that from, you know, having the privilege to sit across from you each week as your coach um, with affiliate, but you know, you didn't go to it going, well, I'm going to do my level four because you know, it's going to lead me on the path paved of gold to fame and fortune and I'm going to be amazing. You did it to make yourself better. Like if there was a level five, I'm sure you'd be aspiring to that. Like that's the next step in your progression. So, and a lot of people can fall into the trap of going, okay, well, I want to make, uh, I guess, a lifestyle out of this, but, you know, if I do L4, I look at all the other L4s and this is what it what it's going to afford me, and then they sit back and wait. Right. And I think if you go into it with, you know, any endeavour, not just your L4, but any endeavour and think, well, from the aspect of, well, what's in it for me and, and what's it going to lead to without thinking, well, what's the work I'm going to have to do to, you know, make the most of that? Like you said, you've, you've had doors open and opportunities present, but... At the end of the day, you're still the one that needs to, you know, answer the email, make the phone calls, you know, develop, you know, um, products and and position yourself and put your message out there. Like no one, no one's doing that for you. You don't get your L4 or your L3 in HQ send you a pack and go, okay, now we're going to market you. It's like that's right. Not- yeah. And right. I think it's through being um, having integrity and being honest and transparent and sharing your story, which you do. So people see what's genuine and real, which is why I think people resonate with you as a coach because you, you know, they're like, oh, well, she's just like me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess my point in my long-winded ramble there is is talking to you a little bit about that. How do you then set yourself about around deciding what opportunities to take or how you create opportunities from doors that may have been opened. How do you approach that? 
It's a good question. Um, you know, there have been some opportunities along the way that I have turned down and like in hindsight, it was the right call for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that looking back, like truthfully, just really having that connection with, you know, whatever it is that you label it, like you call it the universe or like your soul or your heart or like, you know, your, your meaning of life, like whatever you look at as this like powerful, like presence in your life. Um, that's it. Like I became so in tune with my intuition, uh, when I found the fact that I wanted to become a coach. And I think that anytime anything comes up, I kind of look to that piece within myself and I'm like, no, yep, this has to happen. And, and, and I go for it. Um, you know, and then similarly to like, you know, when I sold my house, like, it's like, well, maybe I'll put the house on the market and see what happens. And then like, boom, 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 boom. Everything was like, it just paved the way. Right. Mm-hmm. This past weekend, I was given the opportunity to go to a development seminar and it was like, like three days notice. And I was like, well, I'm just going to look at the flights. Boom, boom, boom. And it was fine. Like, and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. yep. Like this is something that I have to do. And it ended up being an incredible experience. But tangent on that quickly, when I walked into that room, somebody said to me, at your level, do you still feel like you need to go to seminars like this? And I was mm. like, yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> it just like, it, it never, like, I just think like, if you, man, if like, if I ever reach that point where I'm like, no, I think I've arrived and like, I'm done. Like, I think that that's the day I would stop coaching. Right. Cause mm. I just feel like there's always something that you can learn and there's always something like no matter what that you can take away that's going to help somebody else and like that's just that's my mentality so like yeah no I'm going to continue to go to like any seminar that I can because there's always going to be a different perspective there's always going to be something else to learn um and that's I just think you know again like talking about mindset like if that's not your mindset, I'm not sure how far one can get in life. Mm. And I think that's a that's a powerful framing as well as that that constant um, desire for improvement. I mean, as CrossFitters, we're always wanting to get the next PR. We're always wanting to acquire the next skill, so it should translate into our professional pursuits as well. Um, how have you adapted or felt about then? finding your voice and finding an audience and, and, and telling your story. Like you've always been very good on your, for those that follow you on Instagram, like, you know, body positivity and, and just, and owning your stuff, like what, what, what you would perceive as your weaknesses or, you know, where you're lacking. And, you know, I think you've done an amazing job dealing with, you know, trolls and, and people who have nothing better to do with their time. Like you, handle that in a way that you don't let it shut you down but how have you found the process then of going okay well I've got these things this knowledge that I want to pass forward like how do I even go about finding someone who might want to listen to that that's not necessarily within the four walls of a gym it's it's a good question I mean and I mean that's the 
it's the blessing and the curse of social media, right? Because I can contact so many people. I can, so I can put something out there that, you know, may speak to people and, and they'll reach out to me and that's great. But that's also at the risk of those trolls also reaching out to me and saying yep. things, um, which, um, you know, you never, you never know like what their true intention is. Um, mm. But like, let's just say if the intention is to get me to stop, it actually makes me want to do it more because I mm. think that I have a responsibility for, you know, if I put a video out there and somebody calls me fat on Instagram, I feel as though I have a responsibility to stand up and combat that for the 12 year old version of me who read that comment and is, you know, distraught over the fact that somebody online is calling somebody else fat. Mm. I didn't think I would uh, get emotional, but, um, that's, I feel like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a big thing. We, I we feel like it. that's, um, it's like really, it's, it's just, it's like my job now. Right. So mm. it's like, um, I'm sticking up for that little girl that I was for any other person. I don't care if you're male, female, you know, whatever you identify as we all have had times in our lives where we feel less than because of our body. I truly believe that even if you are the fittest of the fittest mm -hmm. fit, we all have struggled with body image in some way. And so I just feel like that's, you know, that's what drives me to keep doing it. Um, as far as, you know, how do I reach the right people? You know, I, I think that's just, um, you know, again, I think, I just think that's the universe at work, right? I'm going to put yeah. something out there. And if, um, you know, it, if somebody is out there really struggling, I would, I would hope that the algorithm or whatever it is would, <laughs> you know, share my story with them. And, and then, you know, we can make a connection and, and mm. that's, you know. Well, EC said last week on the podcast that, and it's probably one of the best uh, definitions of, for example, Instagram that I've heard is that she said, mm, we're all yeah. essentially at a really loud concert and everybody's yelling. Mm. And then you've got this music happening up here and you're trying to talk to somebody like next to you. So you've got to talk louder, but how do you get somebody on the other side of the room who goes, they look interesting and get them to hear that because we're all just trying to yell over the top of each other. So, you know, how do we make our, our messages more relevant and, you know, how do we make them, you know, more relatable and I think that comes through um, the authenticity of you know people people now have such short attention spans it's so easy just to go uh, influencer swipe 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 but when they see something like a real person being real and doing real things that does give them cause to stop and pause and go oh and and to listen further I guess rather than just the same generic, you know, influencer posts and pointing fingers at text and filtering and, you know, dancing and all the stuff. If you just have a real person talking to you, I think that's something that, and you can feel like they're talking to you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a big step in being able to connect with people and find your, I guess, find your people that, you know, there are, you know, I know that we've discussed this in other forums, but, there's definitely people who need what you have to to share, but if you um, even rewind all the way back to your very first CrossFit experience, 
you know, because that was uncomfortable and, and not ideal, so you went, well, this is hard and uncomfortable, I'm not doing it, and you opted out, then the people who need you don't get to hear you and don't get to even know that you exist. You're, you're going to be, you know, amazing mum Christina doing, you know, whatever it is that you would have wound up doing at that point versus you have pushed through and followed through and taken action and created your own opportunities. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there that you ha- you don't even know yet but who, you know, need what you have to say. And I think that being brave enough to continue to do that despite things not being optimal or perfect. How many people um, not attacking Ash, she's going to feel triggered again, but you record a video and you're like, nope, that's not perfect. Oh, that's not right. That's And you pre-filter and you pre-judge yourself and then you edit it and then you go up and you you never put it out there right and then that's kind of then doing a disservice to what we're here to do which is coach and help and change lives yeah so sorry ash i picked on you about your socials twice now two weeks in a row but you know (laughs) but but we all do that like i put up a post the other day about um the value of you know what defines an authentic coaching relationship and on my phone there's like 15 videos some went 15 minutes some went two minutes some till I found like something I felt like was the sweet spot but I could have just gone no no it's not none of these things are working I need to and not put it out there and yet you know one or two people that that might have resonated with don't get to hear that and I think a lot of coaches who want to make a career in coaching miss that point of it takes time to build an audience and a platform and you need to be, as Zach said um, a couple of weeks ago, consistency. Like every, you know, setting yourself up to do something every, every, every day. Yeah. And EC said the same thing last week too. And you can see like EC's um, page is pretty, her Instagram is pretty simple and straightforward, but she's consistent, you know? And it's real. It's not like, you know, Here's a polished thing of, you know, the macros ate today. I think the other day she did one about uh, go eat giant, right? Yeah, how to eat healthily, how to eat well at yeah. fast food, drive right yeah. past. And then she had a shopping docket and a couple of an orange and a couple of apples. And, you know, here's what I got. And here's what I'm going to do. It's not like this, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to have right. these reels where you're chopping food and it's miraculously chopped and it's perfectly presented and it's on lovely white plates and the whole thing. It's like, hey, you know, I needed something on the run today, so I called into here versus here. Here are the things I got and, look, here's where it fits in. Um, so I think that, you know, you, 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 you're you being um, brave is overused, but you keep pushing past the things that um, would stop a lot of people. Um, what do you think is it that is built in within you that causes you to do that? Is it just having that strong why, that compulsion to to coach and help, or is it something that you've done throughout life? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, it's an important distinction to make that, like, I am not exempt from those feelings of doubt. Like, just because I went out and did it, just because I, you know, seemingly seize every opportunity and, like, go after all the things, it is not without, should I do this? I'm not good enough. I suck. Blah, blah, blah. Like, 
all of those feelings that people have, the feelings that stop people, like I have all those same feelings. So I just, I don't want anybody out there to be thinking like, wow, she's just so brave and like, doesn't have any anxiety. Trust me. Like I have all the feelings in the world. There all are the feels. many feelings happening here. Uh, we had a zoom call the other day with all the feels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Many feels. We, we all have them. Yeah. So, and so I think that, um, you know, yeah, I mean, I am a survivor of a lot of childhood trauma and um, I've been through a lot in my life. And so when I finally found coaching, I finally found the reason why for all mm. the things like it is it's the reason why I had to suffer through what I did in my life, because now mm -hmm. I'm taking it and I'm turning it into something positive. And so I feel like that is like, yeah, so that's my why and that's driving me. But it's also like no, no fear is worse than those low points that mm. I've hit. And I, and I think we've all hit those low points in life, you know, like they don't always look the same. But at some point, like I think one of my favorite uh, quotes along the way was, you know, it's very cliche, but it's like uh, when the when the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of change, that's when you're going to make a move. And it's like <laughs> staying the same in my life three years ago when I decided to become a coach, staying the same. I, I honest to God, don't know if I would be sitting in this car right now waiting for my girls to get out of daycare, talking to the two of you, I'm not sure yeah. that that, you know, would be happening. And so when you get to that point, you know, and not that it has to be that low of a point, but like when you get to a rock bottom point in your life and you find what you're supposed to be doing, there's going to be nothing that can stop you. So I think like for me, like I always tell people, like if you like, if you're that like, apprehensive to move forward like maybe you haven't found the thing yet mm. you know like maybe you need um like may so maybe you just haven't found your thing yet and maybe mm. that's what it is you know because i think what's the there's another like very cliche phrase that like if you're like stress for something that you're meant to be doing isn't stress but like if you're you know if you're if you're going after something that's not meant for you it's just like it, mm. It's not right. I don't, it's way more eloquent than that. There is some kind of quote out there, but you know, it's just, yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we often say around here, you know, the answer to life is found in the cliches and it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's incredibly true. So I guess, um, and I don't know how comfortable you are sort of delving into this a little bit, um, but what you're saying is that when you get your level four, you don't automatically lose all of your self-doubts and and fears. And do you want to, are you comfortable to share some of the thoughts you've had around that? Like you, yeah. when you got your level four, did you think things might be different or how have you felt off and on, I guess, since that? And this is a, this is a, you know, awesome way to, to give some transparency to, yeah. you know, again, we're all, you're not, we're not all superheroes. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I think the fact of the matter is getting my level four didn't get me a pull up or a muscle up or a handstand walk, uh, you know? And so I still have to battle every day, this idea that like, and, and you know, and, and I've, I shared this one with you, Lisa, you know, I, I got a message 
uh, and I, others like it from somebody on Instagram saying, wow, it's really impressive that you got the level four because you can't do all the movements. And it was like, it was a compliment, but it like also wasn't, you know? So it was just like very, uh, it's very interesting because the fact of the matter is like the perceptions that I have and the doubts that I have, other people have those same perceptions, you know? When somebody walks into the gym and they see me, they don't automatically think there's the coach, right? But Mm -hmm. I have to fight through that and then make it so that as soon as I open my mouth and I start talking about what the class is going to be and what the workout is, people are like, oh, wow, like she's the coach. She definitely knows what she's talking about. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't have I don't have the ability to just look the part and perform the movements like one would think that a coach who is a level four should. Um, Mm. And now I know that that's BS. Like I know that that's not true, but Mm. it's still there, you know? And so, uh, you know, of course there, like when I found out that I passed, I was like, I was ecstatic. And I like, I threw my phone across the room. Like I couldn't (laughs) even contain the, the emotions that I was feeling and then like, you know, not 15, 20 minutes later, it was like, I'm such a fraud, you know, like it just like, I, I was like, they, they, they screwed this up. Like, there's no way, like, there's no way in hell, like, but there is, you know? And so, I mean, I, I, I have to have that fight, right? I have to think back. I think back to my level four. I realized that in my level four, I had to coach a movement that I cannot perform. I had to figure out how to do that. I had to figure it out and I had no other option. It was either that or what, not complete the test. So it was just like, you know, I I don't think I'm allowed to discuss what it was or what I did, Mm. but I I had to figure it out. And so Mm. it just, uh, it just goes to show, like I was evaluated in that situation by the top evaluators that exist. Chuck (laughs) Carswell and Nicole Christensen said that it was okay that I didn't demonstrate a movement. Mm. but I found a way to do it. Right. Mm. I found a way to do it within the confines of what I'm able to do. So I think like I, when the doubt comes, because it comes all the time, every day, I think about moments like that. I just think about, you know, the fact that you just, you just have to keep going. Mm. That's it. (laughs) And I know it's something that we've talked a lot about um, is just move faster than fear. Yeah. Is take take some action. And I know, Ash, that's something we've talked about as well is, and we've covered it on this podcast, is like just take some action and don't let the fact that everything's not perfect stop you from doing that. Mm. Yep. So, you know, it's yep. it's and being mindful that you will still have those feelings but not letting them stop you as well. You could have gone, right. oh, I might have passed it and they've given me the thing, but I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to do anything because I feel like it's not right. You put yourself in those uncomfortable situations and put yourself out there, which I think is, is, you know, just um, a credit to who you are. And and again, you're, you're reaching the people that need to hear from you. Yeah. And there are lots of people. Um, Super love this chat today. And I love that we've been able to take you down a different path. Yeah in regards to your coaching journey that I guess people don't talk about a lot. We don't talk about, um, you know, the the fears and the doubts and the things that I overcome. I know when I, 
I wrote a piece the other day and I talked about it loosely in the video about, you know, an authentic coaching relationship is that, and one of our bents here at Philly, there's a difference between coaching and training. And we talk, you know, loudly about that. And Tony has said, you know, this is the hill I'm going to die on. This is my thing. And, you know, all of the, there's a lot of people bombarding affiliate owners and coaches inbox about how they're going to take them the next step and what they're going to do and what they need. And, you know, they celebrate the metrics as, you know, we've, we've had, you know, we've got 50 affiliate owner clients and they've increased revenue and they've got more members and they've done this rather than focusing on some of the more intangible stuff is like, Hey, we've got clients who are overcoming their limiting self-beliefs and their fears and they're doing, you know, they're putting themselves out into the world and, and literally changing and saving lives or, you know, people are overcoming their PTSD or, you know, just changing their life. I mean, they're probably and and achieving freedom, and that's probably, in my mind, <clears throat> that I'd wrote is is more important metrics. And we don't often talk about the, and we touch on it on this podcast, and we've talked about it on the affiliate podcast as having those fears and doubts, but it's not widely discussed. Where somebody of any significant level is saying, "Yeah, look, I still feel like a a skin bag of, you know, walking around bullshit that I tell myself." Yeah. And that I don't belong. Like it's yeah. it's not people will fill it fill the space with false bravado about, well, I'm an old four and I know everything and you should listen to me. And it doesn't matter what I say, you're gonna you should listen to me. Um so I think it's refreshing to hear and I'm glad we've been able to bring this to the table today. So thank you. Thank for you for being prepared to be, you know, a little bit vulnerable and open and honest with this and, and take a different tact. And we appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys also. Awesome. And we will see you again. I'm sure we will have you back for more chats. Because Would love to. And I promise I'll have internet next time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't have to hijack internet, but that's that's yeah. a story for another day. Right, um, right. And well, thank listen, you. That's, I'm making it happen, all right? I'm outside yeah. of my kid's daycare right now. Yeah, that's you are making, making it. You're doing what needs to be done. <laughs> So I appreciate it. <laughs> I know Ash does. And uh, Ash, I look forward to seeing you on the next one as well. Yes. Thank you, Christina. It's so Thank good to you. See you. I know. You too.